BetMGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Maryland. Turn $5 into $150 instantly when you place your first wager at BetMGM. Simply download the BetMGM app and sign up using code OLDLINE150. Then, place a $5 wager on any sport. You'll receive $150 in bonus bets, regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the king of sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store. Check out daily promotions, same game parlays, live bets, and so much more. Download the app in Maryland today and get $150 in bonus bets instantly from your first wager only at BetMGM. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Maryland only. New customer offer subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days from issuance. Please play responsibly. For help, visit mdgamblinghelp.org or call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM National Harbor. Promotional not available in Washington, D.C. Wilson, you sent the game-winning email at the buzzer, avoiding a 4.55 meeting on everyone's calendar. How did you do it? I got a huge assist from Grammarly, an AI writing partner that helped me make my point. And it works everywhere I write. Summarizing a doc only took one click. When everyone uses Grammarly, everything just makes sense. Go to Grammarly.com slash podcast to download it for free. That's Grammarly.com slash podcast. Easier said, done. You're listening to Talk of Champions, an Ole Miss Spirit podcast with Ben Garrett. It's up, it's up, it's up, it's up, it's up. Welcome into another edition of Talk of Champions. Yes, Talk of Champions. Not a franchise player. Not the night is dark and full of spoilers. It is Talk of Champions. I'm Ben Garrett at Spirit Ben on Twitter, and he's Bradley Sal, former Ole Miss offensive lineman, eight-year NFL vet. Where you been? Uh, well, I got I got COVIDed up. Got COVIDed up. So we just just got over COVID. Me and my whole freaking family had it. So um, six when it get when it has to go through six people, and you know small increments it takes a while to get over so <laughs> luckily we're good now um we're, we're good to go so it, it sucked but we're, we're good well that is good y'all are good to go you everybody feeling okay yep all good man all good just in time for Ole Miss to kick off the season perfect timing uh no i know i can't wait it's gonna be awesome it feels like it feels like it went so fast it always does that man like it, it, the beginning of the year comes and you're like oh, oh crap we have a game this weekend um Maybe you're like, I don't know if I'm even ready for it, you know, but um, yeah, it'll, it'll be good to see us get out there and, um, you know, hopefully blast Troy, which we should, um, and, and look good doing it. Hold on. You saying blast Troy, like you didn't call me yesterday. I'm like, Oh, I'm a little worried about Troy. No, not a little worried, but if you look at their, their two scores last year, I was just kind of researching from last year. I mean, South Carolina beat them by eight points. Liberty beat them by, I don't know, seven, eight, somewhere in there. I mean, they were, they sucked at the end of the year, but the beginning they gave some people some trouble. They were five and seven. They returned seventeen starters, a good defense, including a linebacker Carlton Marshall, who is I can't remember how many tackles away, but he's going to meet it, of setting the FBS record for tackles in a career. So it's not like Ole Miss is playing the Sisters of the Poor this weekend. They're still going to win and pretty and win pretty convincingly. Yeah. So no, what's I'm the concern? Why Why were you concerned yesterday? Well, because when you're rolling a new team out there and you hear Lane say, oh, the scout team scored on them, um, it's one of those days where you go out there and get off to a slow start. You can find yourself in a dogfight when it, when it shouldn't be that way. So um, I'm going to tell you right now, we don't know what we have. Like we, we we assume it's good on paper, but we haven't seen any of these guys get hit in the mouth. So um, I, that's why my I've been sticking hard with seven, eight wins. Um but at the end of the day, man, I mean, you really don't truly know until you actually roll the team out there, you know, what kind of players you actually have and, and what kind of team you have. And certainly this week one, um, you definitely don't want, <laughs> want to go out there and get in a dog fight with Troy. So I, I think, you know, obviously I think we'll run the ball over him. I think we'll pound him. But, um, you know, my, my thought was, hey, like, don't go in there lackadaisical and, you know, make this a game because um, they, they certainly aren't. You know they certainly aren't as bad as the week two opponent, so they they definitely are, are serviceable enough to to hang in there. Well, if Zach Evans and what he said yesterday is any indication of how this team overall is feeling, how he's pissed off and ready to go out there and just use that energy, it's only going to get worse. Him being pissed off, he said, 
uh, from this point forward every single Saturday. If that's the attitude they have, they're going to be fine. It's going to be yeah, fine. Yeah, they should be, but the key word is said. You know, you remember when, remember remember all these quarterbacks every year when they get drafted and they go, well, I'm going to make all their teams regret it. Um, you know, the freaking passing on me, like, okay, well, it doesn't mean anything. Most How of many of them like, actually end up making those teams pay for it? I don't know. Go look at Josh Rosen, what he said on his draft night. He went, like, ninth overall, and he was salty. He's like, all right, you guys are going to regret it. Yeah, dude, like, he's probably selling insurance right now. He just got cut by the Browns on Tuesday, actually. Yeah, so that's what I'm saying. Like, my, my point is, it doesn't matter what you say, we want to see it. So, The depth chart is officially out, and the depth chart that was – released on Monday and quickly released, ended up being pretty much exactly what the depth chart was. Did you see the depth chart? I did. I mean, and I think there was not many surprises in it. Um, you know, I mean, it was pretty pretty straightforward, kind of what, what we thought. Um, I think it's pretty awesome, though, that you got, I mean, Jaden Williams. I mean, that's pretty pretty big time to, to steal a left tackle spot. Not steal it, but. But he's not know, listed as a starting left tackle. Jeremy James is, even though Jeremy James has practiced at right tackle for two weeks. You sure? Yeah. Yeah. I'm looking at here. I'm looking at it right now. Let me find it. Yeah. Mason Brooks, the transfer from Western Kentucky, he's listed as the first team right tackle. And Jeremy James is the left tackle. But Jaden Williams has been starting there for two weeks. He's taking pretty much every snap as the first team left tackle since that second, I think, fall scrimmage when Mason Brooks got concussed. He was already emerging, but that opened the door even more, even more, even more, even more to Jaden Williams. But yet he's not listed as the starter. See, that's why I'm not buying anything with the depth chart. And that's why I don't know what Lane Kiffin has said today, because today's the last day that local media, and I'm not there today, uh, the last day that local media will talk to Lane before or after the game, after the game. Um, against Troy on Saturday at 3 p.m. Central Time. And I don't know if he's announced a starting quarterback is or there with Luke Altmyer and Jackson Dart. Maybe he did, but there's no benefit to announcing it at this point. And even if you were going to start Jade Williams at left tackle, at this point, the week of game week against the Troy team that you're going to beat, but you don't want to give them anything. You don't want to help them in any way. What's the point in announcing any of this stuff at this point? Yeah, I don't – I mean, I would say all this is – you know, kind of a soft depth chart. I mean, some of these guys are for sure all going to be there, but, I mean, it's all going to play itself out on the field. Um, I mean, you look at the tight end situation, they got um, Kelly starting there. I mean, those are, those are guys that could – There is an or with Michael Trigg, though. Yeah, but there's – well, it depends on what play you start with. I mean, should I start at the first game of the year, um, you know, my last year, just because we were doing a running play? <laughs> so – and then, then and I was off the field and I played, you know, all 10 plays that game. So it all depends on what play they start when it comes to starting tight end. So, um, yeah, they're both going to be in there quite a bit. Um, and it's just the depth chart is what it is. I mean, they're going to – it's going to change over time. And right now it's hard. I think it's hard for the coaches even, to, you know, which which one of these guys are actually going to step up in the game. I, I think more so with wide receiver. I mean, um, I'd be interested to see what guys behind Mingo, Heath, and, um, you know, a couple of these others actually step up and be like the main guys. So – It'll be interesting there. I think that will interchange a bit. Yeah, Jalen Robinson hasn't practiced a ton in fall camp, and he was a guy that was considered one of, if not the top, potential options for whoever the quarterback is come the season. So I'm interested in watching him. I want to see him on Saturday. Just see him in actual action. Because J.J. Henry, your guy, since high school, he's balled out in fall camp. And yeah, so much he's... so that Lane Kiffin said he approached Jalen Robinson in the training room. And he was like, hey, man, you still got a red shirt here? And Jalen goes, yeah, why? He said, because you might need to think about using it because uh, J.J., he's balling out. He's, he's going to start. And then, of course, Jalen Robinson showed up on the practice field like later that day. <laughs> <It was laughs> that unlocked. sounds – hey, that's that's a good problem to have. Back in the day, you would, you know, must have that kind of depth. But um, you know, it's encouraging to hear that, that we have that um, that ability to talk some crap, which – Kind of brings me that it's kind of funny sex. It sounds like um when I was playing with Trey Burton back in the day, he was talking about how Urban Meyer was a huge just just I mean, we'll go around and say stuff like that all the time. Like there's so much talent on that team at Florida. He would just go around and be like, Oh yeah, dude, you're never gonna play. It's just, just challenging guys left and right because he knew like, okay, if this kid don't like me, he leaves. I got, you know, I got three five star receivers. So um that was kind of his 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 motivation. 
Yeah, I think coaches do a lot of that. It's a lot of showmanship. It's just kind of pulling it out of because it's the competitive nature of players, right? Yeah, you're somebody's like, yeah, you're, yeah, I'm gonna be <laughs> out there then. Yeah, until you're until you're at a school where that's your best player, <laughs> and all of a sudden he leaves because he hates you. Um, you better make sure you have some bulls behind you. Yeah, that hasn't happened yet, so we're not gonna get ahead of ourselves. Give me some bold predictions for the season. Some Brad's bold pred- predictions. Um, I'm gonna say I'm gonna say that Dart. Dart has comparable stats to Corral. That's probably probably a little bit out there, but I think that if he gets going, I think he can have comparable stats. Um, especially like comparable to last year or his first year? Last year. Then they're going to go 10-3, and 10-2 and two in the regular season, be a contender for the SEC West to go to Atlanta. If, if he gives them comparable numbers to Matt Corral, then there's no thinking about the floor. It's all about um, you. Well, Matt's touchdowns weren't overly impressive his senior year. Well, passing touchdowns. Yeah, passing touchdowns were. I mean, it wasn't it wasn't like it wasn't beatable. I mean, I, I would, <laughs> I would think we could we could get close to that. I would hope we do. Yeah, but couldn't the calculus in the calculus kind of skewed because Matt was so good with his legs? You can look at that both ways. Or did they have to over rely on him with his legs? They don't want to do that if they don't have to. I don't yeah, know. I mean, I think. I mean, yeah, he was great with his legs, but you know, so, some of that is. He's their second leading rusher. Yeah, I know he was great with his legs. Second or third. <laughs> he was. He was very good with his legs. He, he, he literally, if he couldn't run it up in Tennessee, we would have lost that game. Oh, hundred percent. But then it brings it. Then it, then it's my question: like, was he gun shy? Like, what was you know why was he running so much? Um, you know, there's, there's a lot of other stuff that goes into that. Can but Jackson yeah, run at all like him? Not, he can run. Okay. No, he can. Yes, he can run as he can run like Corral. Yes. So you think that will be that will continue to be a part? Yeah, Dart, the- Dart, and Altmaier both can run. Like they're low key. Like they may be like a, a step behind Corral, but they're 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 comparable to Corral with their with their legs. One hundred percent. Well, then if he gives them comparable numbers as a passer. And he's half the runner of Matt Crow. They're going to be ten wins, nine wins, competing in the SEC West. You said bold predictions. I mean, I, I'm That's thinking bold. like I'm thinking because, and the reason I say that is because the scheme, man. I mean, like, <laughs> don't get it twisted. Now, Lane's scheme is legit. Like the the there's going to be. I mean, there's a lot of wide open touchdowns. You know, last year, surely these guys can can hit on some of these great design plays. So I don't think there's going to be a crazy drop off in 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 the numbers. I really don't. Here's a bold prediction for you. This isn't a Brad's bold bold prediction. This is a Ben's bold, bold prediction. I can't talk today. Davis and Igbenosin has been running with the first team. I've been hyping up Davis and Igbenosin ever since he got here. He looks like an NFL player. Miles Bow has been kind of banged up. He's been running with the first team. I think by midway through the year he will be starting at cornerback or in the defensive backfield somewhere. It will be at corner because he's a corner. But I don't, yeah. I'm not going to say he's going to replace Miles Battle because Miles has been really good. But I feel like that kid, as far as pure talent, might be in the top five on this team. A very talented team. Yeah, he's going to be in there quick. He'll be in there quite often. Yeah. Um, he yeah, has great ball skills, too. And I think, like, I mean, Deontay dude, he's a, he is a sick athlete. Like, he yeah. is so swift, man. Like, he does not look like a freshman. Like, a dude is very, very, like, bouncy. Is it crazy to say he looks like – I'm not saying he's going to be like these players, but he looks like, at least at this point in his career, Jalen Ramsey, Patrick Peterson, Tyron step, Matthew, that kind uh, of – Yeah, I, I, he's going. he could get there. He's, he's probably a step below that, like a smidge below that, but he's damn good. Like, he could get – he could easily get there. We'll see how he does in these games and stuff. I mean, he's he's got some damn upside for sure, man. Being that tall – I mean, dude, if he's he be a first like, rounder in three years, if he's that tall and he's a, a second team all SEC player at minimum, yes, he won't be a first rounder. Yeah. Like, he, it, it were, I mean, they're drafting those guys, I mean, they're drafting shitty six foot corners in the fourth and fifth round. <laughs> like, I'm not, I'm, I promise I, I didn't mean to bring this up. It's, it sounds terrible. And I don't mean for it to. It's just completely coincidental. It just triggered in my brain. Uh, Dean Leonard was a great cornerback for Ole Miss. Surprising, he actually made the Chargers as a seventh rounder. He made the 53 man. So yeah. did Mark Robinson, who balled out unsurprisingly to all of us, balled out in the preseason for the Steelers. He made the 53. They actually cut 
a 2021 fourth rounder to the Steelers to keep Mark Robinson on the 53. Yeah. The, the, um, the Leonard kid is, I mean, he can run. Well, he ran like a, what, a four, two or four, three or something. And he's got decent length. That's what I'm saying, dude. Like if you're, if they look at a corner um, that can run and got decent length as like, okay, I can, I can make him better. Like that they assume colleges didn't develop you. And that's why some of these random guys make teams because like they, they feel like they can de- develop you better than what, what you're developed in college. Like they, they look at you totally different than your college team looked at you. A lot of times these guys are underused in college. I mean, I think the, the Dawson Knox kid is probably the greatest example. Oh, you've, had yeah. multiple, you've had multiple guys go make rosters and do well because they're just, you know, they fit NFL better. NFL is a different game. I mean, it's not, um, you know, there's certain traits that really travel well in certain, certain situations and there's limited guys. So they need to be able to do certain stuff and, yeah, I mean that's NFL is. I mean they 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 if you got something that's elite or special, they'll find a way to 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 make it work. Unfortunately, Jerry Ely got cut by the Chiefs, but that's something you kind of if he didn't change or or better his problem areas from college, you thought could be or would be the ultimate outcome, and it was. That sucks, but he got cut yeah. too. Braylon Sanders got cut. Dondario Drummond got cut. Dontario's already on the Cowboys uh, practice squad. That's the team that signed him as an undrafted free agent. Braylon's expected to sign with the Dolphins as an undrafted free agent, or not, not an undrafted free agent, excuse me, but as a, a practice squatter. Jerry, I could probably catch on on the practice squad. I think Ole Miss sent in all 12 players to the NFL in the offseason, but under half actually made 53 man rosters. Sam Williams was safe, of course, as a second rounder. With the Cowboys, Matt Crow's out for the year with that Liz, Liz, what is it called? Liz Frank. Yeah, Liz Frank fracture in his left foot that he suffered against the Patriots in the preseason. So they he would have made the roster. And it's unfortunate, too, because Sam Darnold's now on the shelf, too. So Matt Crow could have maybe been the number two quarterback behind Baker Mayfield. But uh, there are no real surprises as far as who made it and who didn't outside of Mark Robinson as a seventh rounder. He's on the 53 because he balled out. We both kind of saw that, too. He's converted running back. And uh, he was really good for Ole Miss, the second leading tackle last year. But to see him actually make the roster and continue his development, he could be something. He could really be something. Yeah, no, he can run. He can really, really cover the field side to side. So he is a perfect candidate for, like, that backup linebacker and just a great special teams player. Like, like there, you, there's about three or four guys that make it that are, like, special teams aces. And he is the perfect guy for that. I mean, I'm not shocked at all there. Um, it just sucks, man, for the, the whole Ely thing. I mean, he he left school early. Um, that was always going to be the case before anybody goes. Yeah, but oh, why? But why? 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 Why would he not come back? Why would you leave early? He was to go to go to, to go be undrafted, and potentially he may get on a practice squad. But now he may be out of a job. He could be playing the SEC football and you know working his tail off to get better. No, I, mean, I agree. I'm just telling when you you leave early. When you leave early, it's for elite players. It's right. always right. been that way. And now you're seeing the sad story of I hope he got a degree. Which I, I hope he did of him being out of football now and he should be in college and still be a solid college player and getting better. And he could, he could have went, went undrafted this past year, but at least get your degree and, and enjoy your college experience. Why run off? Why run well, off? Well, and, again, and- I, I agree with you. I'm just telling you the way that kid came into Ole Miss thinking I'm going to be out in three years because of his recruiting pedigree and where he was, he was playing two sports and he was highly evaluated as an MLB draft prospect and as an NFL prospect, potentially as a freshman in college, but he never kind of grew to that potential or fully realized that potential. Um, and I think part of why he ended up leaving early, even though I think that was always the plan, why he left early, even though many, including you, have said, hey, man, it'd probably be best for him to come back, is because of not only that was the plan, I want to go, it's time to start my career, I don't know what else I can do, even though we might disagree with that, but giving up baseball too, right? I mean, not – this was a player that was top 100 for his sophomore and junior seasons as a prospect in, MLB, in the MLB draft. He didn't get the draft selection because he didn't have a great senior year as far as at the plate. And so he comes to Ole Miss and then gives it up after his freshman year because football was going to be the one that made him his money. So I think all of us are human and all of us have an ego about us and um, it's hard to face what the reality is. I think for Jerry on some of that was no, I am still every bit the player that arrived here three years ago. Even if I'm only signing as an unrestricted free agent or whatever it might be, I'm going to do what I know I'll be able to do and make a roster. He just unfortunately didn't do that. But I think part of the reason why he left is also 
the decision with baseball. That's com- completely speculation on my part. So I don't want to be irresponsible or knock him or anything. I don't know if he graduated or not. It just sucks because Jerry on, I mean, he was one of the highest ranked signees Ole Miss had ever had when he signed. And to see that he's struggling, you know, I think he might have made the practice squad or not. I would be surprised if he doesn't because he can still return kicks and stuff and maybe he can develop. And then there are, there are routes to 53-man roster viability and safety through the practice squad. Marche Green did that. It's just unfortunate that a player of his one-time high recruiting prowess is going through that same kind of uh, career arc as some of the others. I mean, he's going to have to struggle to make it in that stuff. Yeah, well, that's 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 my whole point is the route that he took. Um, you know, I've, I've took I've taken this route before the undrafted route. He's never going to get the benefit of the doubt. He may have actually been better than some guys in camp, but um, being in the NFL's undrafted guy, I mean, you have to be e- extraordinary. So if you if you're competing with a guy that is a first rounder, second rounder, third rounder, they can make literally ninety nine percent ninety nine mistakes and do one great thing, and they say, "Hell, that's why we that's why we took them." That's why we drafted. If you're, if you're an undrafted guy, you can do ninety nine things right and make one bad mistake in a game. They're like, "Up, oh, that's why I didn't get drafted. He sucks. He's out of there." Like that's how hard. Well, it or is. it's not even it sucks. I, excuse because you know this. This is firsthand experience. But a lot of it too is they feel like, "Oh yeah, but he'll clear waivers. I can get I can stash him." It's it's roster manipulation, right? Chance Campbell's a six rounder. He gets banged up August 27th. He's on the 53 man, but they might stash him for the first game or two on IR to make sure he's quote healthy and then make that decision. They kick the can down the road to make that decision two weeks from now with Jerry on you're, you're first of all, not playing a premium position anymore. Um, And even though, you know, I don't know how good his preseason was. If he had a great preseason roster, you, you didn't do enough to make yourself not expendable or not, a potential victim of roster manipulation, which is kind of the how business works in the NFL. Yeah, well, I, I've been in that offense yeah. um, for three years. I know that offense is designed for a guy like him. If he didn't make it there, then that's that's telling. Oh. Um, well, that sucks. But the the thing about it, I mean, it's just he should be at Ole Miss right now. He should have sat down this offseason with himself, with himself. He's only sit and make up his mind of like, hey, because he has a ton of talent. He's super fast. Like, what do I need to do to take it to the next level? Do I need to run harder? Do I need to whatever? But it, it, guys rushing to get out of here, it just it sucks to see, man. It really does because because if you if he if he has a great year this year and makes a leap and decides to, to live up to his talent and and kind of humbles himself, so to speak, I mean he he potentially goes and gets drafted in the mid rounds to, to lower rounds, and he has a little bit of security on making a roster spot. You really don't get cut unless you're really bad. If you're in the first five to six rounds, you're really going to make the team for the most part. You at part. least have a year. You, you at least have a year. In worst case, they'll drop you on practice squad at some point. But uh, he he has that ability. He has that ability. But I think that, you know, I don't know if he ever played up to it at Ole Miss. And, you know, now he's gone. And not, not, there's 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 a chance he never plays football again. That That's a sucky situation to be in when you could be living some of the best days of your life, which is, you know, in college, you know, get, working on your education, you know, networking and getting better as a player and you know nfl is not for everybody man but you know to, to leave early to leave in early should be i mean it should you should have to be a first or second round grade before you can leave early it is, it is crazy what these kids are doing going out leaving early and then now they're undrafted now, now they're cut i mean he, he's made no money at to this point and now he's out of college and you know and it's still a good player would, would be a good player on this team would be a senior leader like the whole that, that this whole thing it just frustrates me to, to no end man it would have been fun though to see Zach Evans and Jerry on Ely be utilized by Lane Kiffin together. Yeah, I mean, no question. I mean, uh, I, I think he, I mean, he has a ton of potential. He does, but he's never lived up to it. And then he wanted to rush out of here. And it's like, why? Why, dude? Like, I've seen this, I think this happened so many times. It's, it, it just drives me crazy, man. Like, people need to realize what the NFL is. It's not, it's not, it, not everyone's going to make it. And matter of fact, the majority aren't going to make it. So, like, this whole, like, this this terrible self awareness nowadays with kids, where like, oh, I'm just gonna go play the NFL and get out of here. If you aren't a baller in college, like you likely aren't making the NFL unless you get super lucky. And even when you get there, like as good as Matt Corral was, I mean, he was running with like the threes and fours for most of camp. Um, it just it, it's it's such a crazy level um, above what college is. And then then you then you just people think, oh, oh, this guy's going to NFL. No, dude, like mo- the nine times out of ten, like. A guy or two on your team is good enough to hack it in the NFL. Like running off and leaving ain't the thing to do. It's not the thing to do. I don't know why kids think that that that's that's the way to do it now. But 
I don't know, frustrates me. Um, you know, college is really important for some of these guys, and 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 I like to see them get the get the most out of it instead of um, you know talking to a guy four years from now and he's like, oh man, you know, he's just still struggling to find himself when he when he should have completed college and and got um, got what he needed out of that. If you haven't already, subscribe, rate, review, talk of champions in iTunes. And when you do, leave a five-star review. It doesn't matter what you say. As long as it's five stars, this podcast can be found wherever you get your podcasts. Just simply search Talk of Champions. And Talk of Champions is brought to you in part by Thomas Chandler of Capital Financial Group. When's the last time you thought about retirement? What about saving for your kid's college? In these crazy economic times, working with a professional is of the utmost importance, and that's where my friend Thomas Chandler comes in. Thomas is a financial planner with Capital Financial Group, and he wants to help you make the right decisions for your financial future. So give him a call today at 662-296-0186. That's 662-296-0186, and tell him that Ben sent you for a no-cost consultation and get started toward financial independence today with Thomas Chandler of Capital Financial Group. Your Ole Miss baseball rebels are national champions. Yes, that really happened. Your eyes did not deceive you. And what better way to celebrate since we all spent way too much money getting to and back home from Omaha than with a new car. Well, the only place to buy a car in Oxford, Mississippi is Allen Samuels Chrysler Dodge Jeep Ram of Oxford. From new and used sales to parts and service, Allen Samuels of Oxford aims to provide a truly stellar automotive experience. And what separates Allen Samuels Chrysler Dodge Jeep Ram of Oxford from every other dealership is they aim to address each of your needs with the utmost respect, care, and attention to detail. They'll get you in the car you want at a price point that you can afford. Give them a call today, 662-234-8000. Ask Brian or Mason to tell them talk of champions since you because now talk of champions actually makes sense almost baseball won a national championship and they'll get you in your dream car with your almost omaha magnet planted right there on the driver's side door they're located at 2201 east university avenue in oxford that's 2201 east university avenue that's just past kroger contact them today 662-234-8000 that's alan samuels chrysler dodge jeep ram of oxford a proud sponsor of the national champion Talk of Champions podcast. BNA Bank is celebrating 125 years of local banking. For generations, BNA Bank has been a stable fixture in Northeast Mississippi, supporting and investing in our local small businesses, local schools, local community events, local charities, and so much more. At BNA Bank, we believe in our local communities, businesses, and organizations because we are a local business, too. Thank you for choosing to bank local with BNA Bank. The older I get, the more I realize there are just some things I don't know. Balancing a budget, for example. I'm not a financial whiz. Sure, I know batting averages, passing and rushing yards, three-point shooting percentage. But intentionally putting away money for retirement? That's where my friends at NerdWallet's Smart Money Podcast come in. NerdWallet's trusted financial journalists use fact-based reporting for some much-needed clarity in the financial world, helping you make smarter decisions with your money. The nerds have helped me get smarter about things like planning my tax bills so I don't dread April every single year. Actually, I was one of the first in line this time around. Saving on travel so that I can take my girls on trips. Because spending less on airfare means more money for an extra night and maybe a fancy dinner too. So enjoy the things you love, the Ole Miss Rebels, your family, your friends, knowing that your financial situation is taken care of with advice that you followed from NerdWallet's Smart Money Podcast. Listen to NerdWallet Smart Money Podcast on your favorite podcast app today. Trust me, future you will thank you. Wilson, you sent the game-winning email at the buzzer, avoiding a 4.55 meeting on everyone's calendar. How did you do it? I got a huge assist from Grammarly, an AI writing partner that helped me make my point. And it works everywhere I write. Summarizing a doc only took one click. When everyone uses Grammarly... Everything just makes sense. Go to Grammarly.com slash podcast to download it for free. That's Grammarly.com slash podcast. Easier said, done. Well, when they're a highly ranked recruit like Jerion was, they're being talked to by college coaches, not just Ole Miss coaches, every coach that's coming after them, which is pretty much every school of consequence. They're being told about the NFL, talked to about the NFL since they're, what, sophomore in high school? 
So they romanticize the idea. And once you get into your money year, regardless of past production, you think, oh, I'm this close. And it would be hard. But the reality is much different than the romanticized version of what the NFL in your mind is. Because once you get into it, I don't know this, but you've told me enough horror stories about it. It's like, oh, it's a business, right? Like, it's a business. Yeah, but even even aside from being ranked in high school, got it, cool. But it, you still have to sit down and evaluate what you're, where, what you've done in college. Okay, like it just wasn't there. You know what I mean? To 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 say, oh, I'm going out as a junior. Like, I mean, that's just that just it wasn't the right decision. You know, so at some point that that goes back to self awareness. Like, like the the number one thing, if you can identify like like what you are. And you accept it, and you and you make the best of what you are. It, it, you can go a lot farther instead of saying, "Hell!" Instead of always being that guy, like, "Oh, I'm better. I'm, I know I'm better than this guy." Like, not, that's not always the case. Like, I knew when I was in there, I wasn't like a, a bona fide starter. But I, I would start games, but I knew in order for me to make it in the NFL, it was about me adding value in a bunch of different spots and being a really smart guy that can help teach younger guys. That's how I made a career. I never went around saying, "Oh, I'm a starter. I should be making X millions of dollars." No. I found a niche and I, I accepted it and I was that guy my whole career. That's what some of these kids need to do. You know, that they, they all think that they're, they're these, these Patrick Mahomes, these bona fide starters. He's you no know, dude, you need to find what you are and accept it and be the best version of, of what you actually are. It's just hard to do. And also there's the horror stories of like Kentrell Lockett should have left after his junior year or whatever it was and came back his senior year and towards ACL. I yeah, get that side was, of it I mean, too. He was he was a premium pass rusher that was six 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 and long. Like, you know, of course he should have he probably should have left, but you know that's a, that's a different different animal. Yeah, it, it's but it's two sides of the same kind of coin. When to when to go and when not to go. At the end of the day, everybody's trying to get to the NFL, and they're trying to get there as quickly as possible, and it's hard to accept. Uh, it just I hope he sticks, man, because I really like Jerry on. Thought he was a great dude, funny dude, and good player. Um, same thing with guys like Braylon Sanders went through so much at Ole Miss. Dontario Drummond um, the, got kind of like mixed up in the wash with the Cowboys and their receivers that they signed, like Cabante Turpin coming out of the, uh, I guess it's the US, the UFL, maybe United Football, whatever the hell it was. Um, and, and that's just that's the thing about the NFL too is yeah they're they're pulling from uh, if you're an undrafted guy they're pulling from college and yeah you came from the SEC but we're also pulling the the MVP from the XFL and the UFL or USFL, whatever it is, you know, like they're, they're not just settling for certain, like they're looking for any talent anywhere. So uh, yeah. yeah, it just sucks. Just and I, it never, I, I and it, it never stops. Yeah. That's the great part about it is it never stops. Like even when you get there and make it like you still only week by week basis. And especially when you're undrafted, I mean, they, they'll replace you in a heartbeat. And if you get to, if there gets too many injuries at one position and you're not the starter, you may have to get cut. Just, just because they have to, they have to bring in another guy. They can't cut, you know, a certain linebacker, especially if it's like a two or three week injury, and they don't want to put on IR. So, um, man, being undrafted just it sucks. That's why that's what frustrates when people leave early to be undrafted. Like, man, that just you would have had so much more fun and got so much more out of being in college and, and doing something, doing something else. Um, then he, hell, he probably could have got more nil money to come back than what he just made. Undrafted, he probably got ten or fifteen grand. Signing a bonus in camp, he probably made three grand. I mean, that's 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 nothing. Three grand for a month of football? Yeah, you, you get paid like four or five hundred a week in camp. It's nothing. Oh my god! Exactly. That's what I'm saying. Like it's it's nothing. It oh. is nothing, man. He he he's walking with no money. Who are your favorite or top NFL prospects for this Ole Miss team? Zach Evans. Well, it's Zach, running Zach's got Zach's got a shot. I want to see him live. I want to see him play. But by by all means, he's he has really good speed. I think he's a he's a complete back. Um, you know, and he was a highly recruited guy as well. So I think he'll have a chance to be a to be a um you know a pretty good good draft pick. I think Nick Broker's got got decent. Um, he got decent upside. I think he could if he has a good year, he could be in that mid rounds um, mid round guys as a guard um, with potential to play a little tackle in a pinch. Um, Jeremy yeah. James, Jeremy James, I think so. I think he'll have a chance. He's going to be in a guard in the NFL, though. I think so. Defensively, but, is there any upperclassmen that you really think, like JJ Pegues at nose tackle, Jared Ivy defensive end, Kari Coleman? But these are all transfers. I'm not even talking about returning guys. What is AJ Finley's NFL potential? 
is he's is got a gonna, shot. He's got a I shot. Mean, he's long. I, I, he's like a Cassius Bond type, like athletic, long. He'll have a chance to if he does well to get in there and um, you know it, it, the corners are just tough, man. I mean, it's he, well AJ plays safety, it's corner safety, whatever. The yeah. DBs in general are tough. Um, you know, the, you you know you got the long corners that can run. Those guys are premium. The rest of them are just a matter of getting in the right situation. Um, you know, being smart and. Yeah, being able to tackle, you know, tackle an NFL running back. So he'll have a shot. I mean, he'll he'll be one of those guys that that'll you know quietly have a decent Ole Miss career going there and end up making a fifty three or something like that. And you'd be like, oh dang, AJ Finley made so and so, and he ends up playing kind of like the Moore kids. Yeah, you know? yeah, the Moore kids. Yeah. They'll be like that. I mean, he should be somewhere like that. Did I ever tell you that Cassius Vaughn hates me? Does he? Yeah, I don't know why. He does. Like Cassius, forty told me that one day we were going to get Cassius on when we first started talking champions. We were going to have a new player twice a week, every show, a new player and interview him and talk to him. We like our first talk of champions was with Denzel when he actually talked about his drug use at Ole Miss. And so I was like, Hey, holler at Cassius. And he did. And he's like, yeah, I'm not talking to that asshole. I, I don't know what I did. I, w- I wanted to reach mm-hmm. out, but then I'm also like, Oh, you're, don't be so vain as to think everybody's got to like you. He doesn't like you for whatever reason, but yeah, for Right, Cassius is a good guy. He's That's he's got a great attitude. What, a great I must attitude. have done something really shitty to Cassius at some point. <laughs> Run my mouth or something. We should know, get Cassius probably, on the pod. You probably ranked him low or some shit in recruiting or something goofy. But I don't do <laughs> rankings. You know, I, yeah, you're right. Though I probably maybe, didn't maybe, like, maybe back in the day you did. I don't know. I don't know. Maybe I was ranking the rebels and in, in like the top 100 rebels and put him at like 54 and he got pissed or something. Yeah. I don't know. He's got a great attitude though. I can't see him getting mad at anybody. Well, he doesn't like me. We should get Cassius on the pod is what I'm saying. Do you still have a relationship with him? I do. I have not talked to him in a long time. I played with him when I was with the Colts, and he went to the CFL um, after that, I think. And we then, should get yeah. Cassius. You should get him. You should reach out to him. Yeah. Why not? He may – He may. I don't know. He may still hate you. I don't want to put my name on it if he hates you. <laughs> well, okay. That's That's more than fair. I actually get that completely. Give me another bold prediction. A uh, bold prediction. Um, you said Jackson Dart, comparable numbers to Matt Crow last year. I said Nathan Nelson starting. Yeah. Um, I would say I would say we were going to have a better run game, but I mean, our run, this system in general is going to produce a good run st- statistics and and um, just the way they spread it out and stuff. So I don't think that's really bold. I think that's kind of expected. Uh, our numbers have always been the top of the SEC since Lane's been here, and I think they're going to stay that way. No, bold would be your guy. You saying your guy JJ Henry? He's been your guy since high school. Is going to be um, the starting slot for the majority of the year. That would be bold. Yeah, I don't want to. I don't want to do that yet. I think the the kid. Yeah, Yo, you don't want to go on that list. I've, I've, I've seen the reaction. I've seen the reaction when I've asked about the the UFC the UCF transfer. Their reaction was like pretty dude's pretty darn good. So. Um, I think that's who they'll eventually. I mean, I think that'll be the one of the main guys. He's got um, NFL potential. I'll say that one of the receivers will have a thousand yards. Which one? Probably Mingo. I think Mingo will have a thousand. Could, 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 could we have two? Could we have? Two? Could we have Heath and Mingo have a thousand yards? Could we have two thousand yard receivers? You really going to bank on Jonathan Mingo staying healthy all year and getting yeah. the touches necessary? Yeah, I think you. Will. I think he'll stay healthy. See, I don't think they'll scheme for him like they did Elijah or even Dontario. Dontario is more in line with who Jonathan Mingo is as a wide receiver. And I don't think they're going to force feed him like they did Dontario. They have more options. 10 TDs for Trigg. If I set the line at eight and a half touchdowns for Trigg, what would you put it at? Over or under? Right at it. He's going to be right there at it. I don't know. Man, I just think in the in the red zone. God, he could be such a good weapon in the red zone. We'd be crazy not to use him. It was almost like when I was um, one of the years in Chicago with the freaking um, – was it Chicago or where – no, it was Seattle. Oh, Seattle. Seattle when we wouldn't use Jimmy Graham. I'm like, dude, it was insane. And that's like prom Jimmy Graham too. It was – yeah, it was the weirdest thing ever. And I would be like, all right, we're on the three-yard line. Um, Post his ass there, up like, against the corner, man. Yeah, won't you get the ball to to Jimmy, please? <laughs> please get it to him. Throw it to that uh, basketball player over there. Yeah, like please, please. Throw got the ball a wingspan of a seven footer. 
And he was, yeah, he was not, um, he was not happy all the time about that. He would just, <laughs> he would lose his mind. He's a pretty no nonsense guy too. Like cut to the chase. Like there ain't no he ha ha with him. Like he's a throw me the effing ball guy. Like don't, don't be playing with me. So. Well, our boy, Jake Thompson at the Ole Miss Spirit. He's my coworker at the Ole Miss Spirit, OMSpirit.com and Philip on 3com I think you sent me the article. I didn't read it. He did some boldish predictions himself and his Jake's take for today, Wednesday, so Tuesday. And he, I think, listed Cedric Johnson getting close to 13 sacks. That's a little too bold. That's a little too rich for my taste. (laughs) Yeah, that's – I mean, that's just like saying darts going to Heisman. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, maybe maybe he does. Maybe. Maybe. If you don't go from a – You're saying it's too rich for my taste. If you jump to a 13 set guy randomly, you either weren't trying hard your first couple of years or you potentially need to be tested. Like, you're doubling your six and a half last year as if you're not going to get extra attention because Sam, who had 10 and a half, being the most dominant defensive lineman, one of the most dominant defensive linemen um, in the SEC because Will Anderson was more dominant. Yeah, that you're doubling that, getting more attention. He's going to need to, he's going to need to grab like three a game in these first couple to have a run at that. It's Central Arkansas. He's going to need to feast. Yeah, he's going to need to feast. I don't know, man. But I hope he has twenty. I'm going to be honest with you. Like I, I, I root for him to have twenty. So that that hell yeah, me too. Yeah, that that just means he's that good. <laughs> I mean, but Greg Hardy. I mean, what's the best Greg did? I don't even remember. Thirteen or something. I don't know. What did Greg do? He, he well, he did like Let's look it up. he did like eight in the four games that he ever played in. <laughs> That's the thing. My favorite thing about I think uh, Forty told this story one time. How uh, y'all are in preseason practices, and uh, he was standing there in like the stretch line, and he goes, "You know, I, I want to go to Disney World." And then he disappears for a couple of days, and then he comes back and shows up with Mickey ears, because like he would just leave practice, wouldn't he? Yeah, I don't remember very much so, but yeah, he was he was all over the place, man. He was freaking crazy talented though. Whenever you got like focused, Greg, oh boy. Yeah, you aren't blocking him, that's for sure. That was what was so for all right. So sacks. The most he got to Greg Hardy was ten in two thousand seven. He had eight and a half in two thousand eight. How many games played was that in two thousand seven? Shit. Eight. Ten six. games. Ten games, ten sacks. Yeah. That's... Nine games in two thousand eight, eight and a half sacks. Oh my God. He was, he was good for a good sack of game. Oh my God. His senior year, he played nine games, only got five sacks. That's why he was a six-rounder. But, like, the talent was always there. Yeah. Oh my. Yeah, there's no way. 13. I love Cedric, but if I asked you, would you rather have Cedric Johnson or Greg Hardy? Greg. Yeah, Greg was – I mean, he he came in the NFL and was one of the leading sack guys for a reason. Would you have rather had Greg Hardy or Sam Williams in the prom? Mm, man, Sam was Sam was really, really good last year. Um, oof. that's tough. College player, I would take Sam because he was just more consistent. He was just there, you know? like on and off the field. He was more consistent. <laughs> he actually, uh, it's, it's debatable. It's oh yeah, wait, we need to slow down. You're right. We need to. We need to slow down. Yeah, it's something about those DNs, man. Um, yeah, I think Sam was. He was just more consistently there. Um, Greg, man, Greg's first couple years in the NFL was special though. Yeah, he got focused there for a minute, and then all of a sudden something crazy happened. But yeah, no, Greg is. What's crazy is my experiences with Greg are 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 crazy. I mean, he's just like he's such a nice guy. Like it's just weird some of the stuff that that he's done. Like I've every time I've ever talked with him or or been around him, you know, outside of college, I've always been like kind of shocked at some of the stuff that happens with him. He just seems he's, he's actually a pretty nice guy. Like it's it's weird. Give me one more. Bold prediction, truly bold prediction. Give me something bold. Uh, bold prediction, truly bold. Ole Miss finishes second in the West to Alabama. To Alabama, yeah. That's sad. That's sad, man. That's sad when you, when you get when you just know you, <laughs> Alabama's returned their freaking Heisman quarterback. Like, ugh, I hate those guys. That that would be a bold. I mean that 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 is that's assuming that my first bold prediction prediction that Dart has a comparable year to Crow, and all all goes right for us, and we're finished second because it's it's there for the taking. It's it's not saying we can't do that. Like because who is the actual second best team in the West? 
A and M. Some are higher on LSU. Are they though? Like what? What? What do they have that's so special? You know, like we beat their ass last year. So I mean, yeah, they're 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 not. There's there's Alabama's head and shoulders, and the rest are going to kind of fall into place. LSU. I mean, they're who knows what they're going to have. Auburn's going to. I think they're going to be bad. State. I mean, we know what they have. Arkansas. I think it's Arkansas and A and M are going to be pretty darn good, but. They aren't like they're not beatable. We beat them both last year. I'm going to be honest. If I were a state fan, I'd be really frustrated by how much that school isn't being talked about with all they got coming back, including a veteran quarterback, even though I think almost will be better. Like, I think state could actually be sneaky, pretty damn competitive. I don't know. We'll see. We'll see. I like Ole Miss's number two from Bradley Sal. Breaking news. Bradley Sal is reporting that Ole Miss will finish second in the SEC. This is how you get people mad at me when you say this kind of stuff. They they literally think that's what I said. They're like, oh, yeah, he, he for sure thinks that. Like, like there's like the one podcast not too long ago. Somebody was saying that, like, I was saying Altmaier was in the lead. I'm like, no, I wasn't. I was just telling you what I, what a coach told Honestly, me. yeah, honestly, you've been – I mean, if anything. <laughs> yeah. I was just been, saying, You have been my, driving. My thought, and my thought yeah, was like, I was every time I've ever seen Dart, I've always thought, hey, he's way better. Well, a coach tells me, hey, you know, it's and camp's been pretty lopsided. I'm like, what? But yeah, it's been pretty lopsided. So that's, I mean, I, I didn't make it up. I don't care who's winning the quarterback battle. Like, honestly, honestly, I don't care. But Jackson's um, going to roll out there, snap one. I think, I mean, I think so. I mean, I, I don't know if there's been an actual decision made. I'm, I'm guessing, yeah. I mean, come on. It's what's going to happen. Uh, it's like the, all they needed to see was that one performance in the scrimmage and scrimmage one. Yeah, I don't know. I, I'm not going to try to predict it because I just ask and I haven't been told either way. So they said, hey, no, no decisions have been made. All you, right, fine. you saw that. I mean, I screenshot a text and sent it to you. You did. Hey, I don't I, I don't make stuff up that I think is going to – I mean, I don't – Hey, it's either whatever I'm told. So I don't know if they're going to roll out there. I'm going to say it's Jackson Dark. Yeah, That'll I mean, be my bold prediction. I, I, if, I mean, if I'm then, he's rolling out there every time, no matter what this year. I mean, it's just – yeah, I think you live and die by the talent and you get him the experience for, you know, the, the future. I mean, he's he's your best shot at having a chance of, of, of making a run. Um, I mean, it just it is what it is. I mean, All right, well, give me, my, give me my game one pep talk, my game one Bradley Sal pep talk about Ole Miss football. Give me what I need to hear to feel like Ole Miss is going to win every game it's going to play. And go and win a national championship, make the playoff, win a national well, championship. Think, Give me the first talk. I think the message game one is it's it's not about who we're playing. It's about ourselves. You know, we we have not as nobody, long as Ole Miss doesn't beat Ole Miss. Yeah, that's that's he freeze to the, or or Matt Luke talk. As long as nobody you got me all thrown off now. <laughs> you got me all thrown off with your with, yeah, that's oh, exactly talk. But no, as long as everybody in that in that locker room realizes, hey, none of us have done shit. Like we are decent on paper, but nobody has proven anything in this locker room. There's no reason to go out there and take any team lightly at all. I don't care who you're playing. There's still jobs that need to be solidified on this team. Um, you go out there and you freaking take care of business. Don't go rolling out there thinking, oh, we're good, we're old mess. No, this this week is about us and about us getting better. You know, we only have so so long until we get into the real meat of the schedule, which is Kentucky and some of these other guys. We need to get our stuff together. We need to know who's where and whose role is what. So everybody needs to be out there competing their tails off. So, um, you know, checking egos at the door. It's we, we need to figure out who Ole Miss is and, and what they're going to be this year. And it starts with Troy. And who gives a shit if it's Troy? Show up, you know, bash them, and and let's go on to the next thing. Let's correct our mistakes. So. I think that's the message, and that's probably what he's going to do. And I'd imagine the game plan is not going to be anything crazy. Uh, I imagine he's going to line up, and you're going to freaking pound them to death and, and run a few, you know, a few deep balls. And you're going to see anything crazy. Um, you're going to do do a lot of stuff they did in camp, and um, you know, you want to get after them. I mean, it's a base game plan. Let's go out there and get after them and, and get out of there. Get out of there healthy. Am I going to talk to you again before the game for the podcast, or are we going to wait and talk again for the Blue Delta post game show? Uh, I don't know. Do we do know yet? Do? Probably. We'll we'll, we'll save it for post game show. Uh, I think that I think we're at the point now where we just need to see some balls so we can we can talk it out. 
We'll talk about some plays during the game, um, what we think, but what looks different scheme-wise. I'm, I'm excited. What are some of the things you're excited to see? I'm excited to see what freaking – what looks different with this offense. I mean oh, – I'll, I'll be honest with you. Everything about this team I'm excited about, and that sounds so safe and cheesy. But, like, when I look at this team, I've been bullish about the way it looks – I want to see Jackson Dart, but I also want to see the offensive line, like Jaden Williams if he starts at left tackle, Jalen Robinson, uh, even Jonathan Mingo healthy and actually getting the ball distributed to him where he's being schemed for, which is not something he's ever really had in his Ole Miss career. Jonathan Mingo being truly schemed for, right, by his mm -hmm. coaches. Zach Evans, of course, Ulysses Bentley on special team. I don't even need to see him touch the ball as, from the offensive backfield. He will, but, like, returning a kick would be awesome to watch for me. Defensively, J.J. Pegues at nose tackle. Um, Cedric Johnson, of course, and I hope he takes another step, wearing number two now. But guys that I have not seen before, like Kari Coleman um, stepping in. Austin Keys, who was the highest-rated defender for Ole Miss last season, despite only playing in, what, six games, whatever it was, the highest-rated or graded defender for Ole Miss last year. I want to see him play if he can stay healthy. And, and even more than that, in the secondary, Davidson Digbinos, and I've already talked about him, and DeAndre Prince in his final year, A.J. Finley, but Aishim Young, I haven't seen him yet as an Ole Miss Rebel. He's a former big 12-10, whatever they are, defensive freshman of the year. There's just so much about this team. Even intriguing is the kickers. The punter, who's been apparently averaging like 25 to 35 yards a putt, not great. Uh, but he's got some merch out. He's got some merch <laughs> out as Charlie Pollock. And then the kicker, the Cruz dude from Charlotte. Like, even that's interesting to me. So I think every, they're just, it's a really exciting opening game. Like, typically, oh, it's the opener. It's exciting because it's the first one. But you know that you're not getting the complete pro product, that there will be some different guys emerge and all these th different questions. With this team, I just want to see the first version of it because I feel like the first version of it is going to be really encouraging no matter what the final score is. But it won't be what it could be at the end of the year, which is pretty dang special. Like you said, potentially the number two team in the West. Yeah, I'm, don't make me pop the Kool Aid open already. I'm, I'm trying to avoid it, um, and I, I'm sure I'm going to because we're going to, who we're playing at the beginning. I mean, they're going to put up massive stats. They're going to be out there just dominating. They're going to they're going to have you just Kool Aid up enough before that Kentucky game or that for, or before that first real SEC opponent. So, um, yeah, no, I'm I'm excited about it. I think it's going to be a um, going to be a fun team. There's a lot of talent. But I'm also not going to throw a crazy expectation on them in year one. Um, but, man, I think our collection of talent here is pretty special. He's Bradley Sal, former Ole Miss offensive lineman, eight-year NFL vet. I'm Ben Garrett at Spirit, Ben on Twitter. You can find us both at the Ole Miss Spirit, omspirit.com and affiliateofon3.com. And we'll be back on Saturday for the postgame show after Ole Miss faces off against Troy at 3 p.m. Central time in Vaught-Hemingway Stadium. All right, then. It's game time. I'll see you after. All right. See you, Ben. Howdy, Toddy. BetMGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Maryland. Turn $5 into $150 instantly when you place your first wager at BetMGM. Simply download the BetMGM app and sign up using code OLDLINE150. Then, place a $5 wager on any sport. You'll receive $150 in bonus bets, regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the king of sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store. Check out daily promotions, same-game parlays, live bets, and so much more. Download the app in Maryland today and get $150 in bonus bets instantly from your first wager only at BetMGM. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Maryland only. New customer offer subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days from issuance. Please play responsibly. For help, visit mdgamblinghelp.org or call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM National Harbor. Promotional not available in Washington, D.C.